God is so good, amen, all the time. I forgot my phone, which has my introduction on it here. Yes, ladies, come tonight for sure. We're going to have fun. I just don't let, I, I refuse to let any circumstance or situation take me down because who know? everybody knows that nothing is impossible with God, amen? And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world, bless God. We just have to establish that over any circumstance the enemy's trying to throw at our minds. We are head taught at the expense of our heart. You've been going to school, you've been going to college, and God help you if you got a master's degree or a PhD. Right? you got to train your spirit. you got to get your spirit excited about the things of God. So uh, before we get started, I just want to be like Joel Osteen and give you a couple of funny things, right? I think it's always good to start off like that. There were two cowboys sitting on their horses facing one another. One cowboy said to the other, Can you think of anything worse than being scalped? And the other cowboy said, Not off the top of my head. A pastor found a dead mule on the church grounds. He was told he had to get a permit to be able to bury it. Give me a break. There's way too much red tape these days. He went to the mayor, who is known to be cantankerous and cranky and hard to get along with, and this mayor did not disappoint and said, Why do you want to bury that mule on the church grounds? I thought you were able to bury anything. The pastor prayed and asked the Lord for the right response here. He said, yes, that's true, Mayor, but I always like to notify the next of kin. <laughs> oh, brother, pray for your enemies. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm excited about being here. I know it's been five years since we were here, and um, my wonderful husband is back home praying for us, and I do have actually three children uh, my oldest daughter, Angela, has two girls now, three and five, Stella and Vega, and uh, she is the mother of uh, the family. She's the organizer. She, I mean, I know I'm the mother, but I mean, she tells us all what to do, right? Do you have one of those in your family? They tell you what to do. So anyway, she gets us all going in the right direction. And then I have a great son, David, who married this wonderful uh, neurological nurse that had been in Bethel Church. They've been here at Bethel Church in Redding, California. And uh, she'd been up there for three years, came down to a, uh, I think he went to a, an alumni meeting for Rama because he went to Rama, and there he met his bride. So girls and uh, gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're single, they're out there for you. Seek and you shall find, but you got to do some seeking. You can't just sit soak and sour. you got to get moving on your high places of trouble, suffering, responsibility, right? Don't stand still in terror because the enemy wants to freeze you. you got to keep moving, keep moving, and be at the right place at the right time. I mean, think about Ruth. You know, She got there, and she just got stood behind Naomi. She moved to a foreign country. She was a Moabite. She didn't even belong uh, where Naomi was going, and yet she was loyal to her mother-in-law. And she didn't have to do that, but she just felt led to do it. And she went... And there, all the course, was Boaz waiting for her. Amen? She got to be at the right place at the right time. Now, why am I going in this direction? <laughs> so God is a specific God. He wrote the book of Numbers, right? And um, that is not exactly an exciting book, but it's very accurate concerning Jewish temple rites and genealogies. 
He knows and he has numbered as many hairs as you have on your head or you don't have. He formed your body, your spirit, and your soul, and he's given you a DNA. He's given you an iris in your eyes, given you a fingerprint, unlike anyone else. I mean, can you imagine a God being so specific? And he wants you to get his specific word. He wants you to get that word in you that is particularly, personally, for you alone. Amen? So what I do is I do these uh, Arise Women's Conferences. God laid that on my heart 13 years ago in the most unusual places in Hawaii. I do three in uh, the Hawaiian Islands and one in California. And ladies, you're all invited. It's uh, uh, so much fun. We see these ladies that we call Diamond Girls. We take them out of shelters and we polish them up with the Word of God. I mean, that's what the Word's for, right? Is to polish us up and take us from glory to glory because His glory is on that Word, but we need to go out to those people who are really hurting. And I understand you've got some great hurting people out here, so you can go polish them up with the Word of God. You can do the same thing right here in Kerrville, Texas. And I'm excited. You could do a dream center here. You could do all kinds of shelters. I'm going to do a a Maui Dream Center in Maui. Um, I just have it in my heart. I haven't got the resources yet, but I can see things sort of shaping together and God's hands on it. You know, when you start to see things moving and pastors getting behind you and people getting behind you, you can see things are happening. So when you start moving in a direction, God drops a dream, he drops a vision in your heart. Even if you don't have the resources of the people, just keep praying and wait on the Lord and see where he puts it into you, amen? Because he's going to put something into you. He's going to put something into you, but you can't stand still, like I said. You've got to start taking it and start moving with it. So have you ever felt like you were off course? You needed a realignment, like your car does occasionally. It needs to be realigned after driving down bumpy roads in the Kerrville uh, Hills. you got to get this car realigned, amen? Proverbs 4.18 says, but the path, God's got a path for you. He's got a particular, specific path for you. The path of the uncompromisingly righteous is like the light of dawn. And that path's going to light up right in front of you. And what's going to light up? The Word of God is going to light up when you read it. The Word of God will talk to you. It'll get down and you journal it, you write it. You know, I have a book back there. It's called Smart Bombs and how the Word of God comes up. And it, it's like um, my husband used to say he lived in Las Vegas for many years of his life. And actually, we met in Las Vegas when uh, we were young. We let, met his sister's church. She was the... Uh, she was the uh, associate pastor of the church. She had been a top show girl in Las Vegas, and he had been the janitor of the church, and she uh, w was taking so many drugs, she got down on methamphetamine. She was 88 pounds, 5 foot 10, and finally was dismissed from the chorus, the showgirl line, because nobody wanted to see a showgirl with her ribs sticking out. It was very sad. And they put her in a rehab and didn't think she was going to make it, but he prayed for her, and he fasted for her, and he took authority over the enemy. And when you stand and you take authority over the enemy and you tell the devil to back off, it's like what did uh, John Osteen used to say, you know, he would go around a uh, white picket fence and he would plead the blood. He'd take his family, we moved into a house, he'd plead the blood, he'd plead the blood, he'd plead the blood. And he said, devil, you can't stand, you can't come into my house, you can't come into my territory. And sometimes you just got to take authority and plead the blood over your house, over your land, over your property, amen? And the devil would stand over the other side of the street going, whoa, I think I better find some easier prey. And he walked down the street, right? Ha! Because you were taking authority, and you got to take authority. And that's what Keith was doing over his sister. He took authority. 
and eventually she came to the church from the rehab home and practically crawled up in that church and said, uh, Keith, brother, do you, do you think God can help me? And he said, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> and he invited her in and he made a little... Uh, this church was so funny because it's across from Cashman Field in Las Vegas. It's still there today. It was a little stable that uh, this lady, from, lady pastor from Oklahoma had gone to Las Vegas and been part of the Assembly of God and then broke away when she couldn't be, uh, she wanted to be a street preacher and have a coffee house, but they didn't want her to have a coffee house, so she went up to North Las Vegas and started this little church, and it's still there today, preaching to people. It's amazing. But anyway, she uh, sat under that word, sat under that little lady preacher, she was sweet and full of grace and full of mercy, and she sat there and sat there for a few years, and finally uh, she invited her to do a few messages and by the time I got there in 1979, she was the associate pastor of the church. I was a radio news director in Las Vegas, and I had uh, my friend said, you've got to come see this lady preacher. And uh, she used to be a top showgirl in Las Vegas, and now she's preaching the word. And I'm going like, I don't know about this. And I came through the back door, and I sat in the back row. But you know what? Her preaching was so dynamic, and she made the word of God so alive, and it just jumped out at you. It was illuminated, just like this scripture is saying, the path of the uncompromisingly righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. And that's what God is telling you in the word. When the scriptures jump out at you, they start to talk to you. And they started to talk to her, and she started to transmit it to other people. And every, every Wednesday, I would come up one more row because it was just that good. <laughs> you mean it was just, my spirit was just hanging, I was just gleaning from that, I was getting so excited about it. And that's how God does you in the Bible when you read your word on a daily basis. It's not a dead, dry letter. It's something that he wants to illuminate your path. He wants to show you where to go. He wants to show you where your mercy is, show you where your favor is, show you where your money is, show you where your contracts are, show you where the next business opportunity is, show you where your husband or your wife is and man he'll direct you he guides you he leads you but you got to get on that path you got to dig into that word and some of these bibles i mean there, there was a joke about this uh man that uh uh they invited the pastor over uh, to dinner one night this couple did and then uh uh they invited him over a year later and the woman said did you take my spoon the last time you were in this uh, uh, house? Because I lost my spoon that very night that you came and had dinner with us. And the pastor said, no, I left it in your Bible. <laughs> A year ago. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so today we're going to reposition ourselves to hit the bullseye, get up back on the path that God has for us. Amen? God's Word in Hebrews 13, 8 says... He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'll never forget, you know, we had a church in Santa Barbara in the 80s, and then we left for a while as the traveling ministers moved to Tulsa and Arizona, and then we came back in the 90s. But in the 80s, uh, we had a big parade every August called the Fiesta Parade of old Spanish days, because that part of California was uh, owned by the Spaniards until about 1850 when California became a state. And we thought, well, we're going to put a float in this parade. We're making ourselves known. We can't just, you know, uh, sit in church seats, uh, sit soaked and sour. We've got to get out there 
and get into the uh, uh, culture, get into the community. So one year we decided we're going to put Hebrews 13.8 on the side of the uh, float, and we had it all decorated in flowers like the rose parade. Everything had to be organic, had to be roses, had to be flowers, so everybody's working frantically on it, and there's Hebrews 13.8, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the uh, float organizers were having a fit. They said, you can't put scripture on the side of a float. But little did they know that their theme that year was yesterday, today, and forever. So we opened the Bible and said, well, your theme this year is from Hebrews. <laughs> and they're going, oh, okay. <laughs> that was awesome. So we used to always get involved in these parades. And, you know, the thing is, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we... Christians are so joyful and happy, or most of us were supposed to be most of the time, right? Because that is our strength. I mean, depression is our weakness, so if you're sad, you've got to turn that around. You've got to get back into glad. And when you're glad, and people, I can remember uh, before I was saved, I thought, these Christians look so happy. What's wrong with them? They, I mean, I'm full-on depressed, and these uh, Christians just have the joy all over them. And, of course, when I became saved, that all changed. But uh, that's what they need to see. They need to see the light on you, right? They need to see the joy in you. They see the, the happiness in you, no matter what your circumstances is, no matter what the doctor report says, no matter what the lawyer says or the divorce court or whatever it is, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen? Hallelujah. So your uh, word that God gives you, when you read the word in the morning, it's like the North Star in your life. It will position you for your destiny. Now, what I do a lot of times is God quickens me and shows me people that I'm supposed to go out and pray for. So if I interrupt and I start moving back and forth, don't let that distract you, right? So the quickened word is going to guide you out of your current situation and show you where his grace and his favor is waiting to guide you. And what in this world, sometimes everything is so vague, it's so confusing, it's so mixed up. We have the star. We have the North Star, the Word of God. We have that Word continually guiding us and leading us, and we're not going to get off track. I don't care if uh, whoever gets off track in your family, and I've had uh, several get off track. Actually, one. Just the middle, it's the middle child, you know. The middle child always wants the most attention. Oh, my God. But finally, she's got a Bible. She had an encounter with God last year, so she's got a Bible by the side of her bed. Not sure how much she's reading it, but she's getting it from Mom every once in a while. So in the, um, we used to be sailors, and we used to sail off to the Channel Islands across from Santa Barbara. They're beautiful. It's a national park yet uh, now, and as you go straight across, you can camp there, and you can fish, and it's just a, a great place to go. You can dive. Um, when I uh, used to go over there, we had to go by positioning, and if you were two degrees to the left or two degrees to the right, two degrees to the left, you'd go to Hawaii, two degrees to the right, you could end up in Alaska. You had to be straight on, and you have to be straight on with the Word of God, and that's why the Lord wants to illuminate your path, and sometimes we get off. We get off to the right, or we get off to the left, and Alaska's too cold for me. I like Hawaii, but not in a sailboat. No. I'll fly there. I'll get there quicker, amen? So, God has his word in waiting. If you'll open it up and read it, once a personal word strikes you, you need to journal it, write it down, meditate it. Some people have it on their walls. Some people put it on butcher, butcher paper and put it all over their house. Pray it out loud. 
It is your defense. It's speaking to you in a special way, and you cannot afford to lose this moment. Amen? The word he is giving you is an offensive word against the enemy. Christians are too much on the defense. We've got to get on the offense. We are not fighting flesh and blood, but we are fighting powers and principalities and rulers of this darkness in this nation. But we've got to get against those powers and principalities with the word of God, the sword of the spirit, coming out of our mouth, amen? amen? Speaking to it, because you've got power in your mouth. I always say you're the total of your talking yesterday, and your life is created by that thing two inches below your nose called your mouth, amen? <laughs> we used to be under Pastor Jerry Zirkel. Did anybody ever know him from Tulsa, Oklahoma? He's a great, his, his brother was a great missionary in Guatemala, but he used to say, you are, he just strummed the guitar and he was so sweet. He said, you are the total of your talking yesterday. And it's like, this is cutting you out. Let me be so mad. But he was right every single time he was right. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing asunder to the soul and the spirit and joints and marrow. And that word, that word that you get into, that word that talks to you is a discerner. It's going to discern. It's going to see. It's going to show you. It's going to be like a telescope. You can uh, focus that telescope on that word. It's going to show you clearly the thoughts and intents and attitudes of the heart. Hebrews 4.12, amen? Famous scripture, but it could be easily, uh, uh, could be easily uh, picked apart. God wants to use young people in these days. He wants them to be bold. I think about for the first time I went up to, uh, with a group of friends to Bethel Church in Redding, California. I heard, heard of Bill Johnson and that move up there. He has 2,500 young people in his Bible school. He's got 10,000 people in his church. And they've decided they're going to change their culture. They're going to change their city for the glory of God. So they make up big baskets of uh, goodies for the firemen and police department at Christmas and Thanksgiving. And uh, the, uh, it, this, this is a great story. The uh, police chief was worried because there were uh, men attacking women down on the riverbank when women were jogging along the riverbank and he needed reinforcements to the police department and he didn't have the budget to pay for them. So he was calling out into the community, and Bethel Church called the police chief up, and they saw this in the newspaper, and uh, they said, how many people are you, how many men are you looking for to be volunteer policemen out there on the riverbanks and around the city? He said, oh, we'd be really blessed if we could have 20 men. And he said, well, how about 300? <laughs> they had 300 men ready to go out in that city to protect their city. That was amazing. And they had, uh, I heard, we went to the um, Bethel Conference in um, Los Angeles in May, and when uh, as the associate pastor, Chris Vallotton, when he got up to speak, he said, you would not believe the headlines in the San Francisco Chronicle today and how a church, it said something like a church in Reading is affecting the city. Listen, we are the light of the world. We're a city set upon a hill, and you really are a city set upon a hill. I don't know many churches that have a hill like this, amen, overlooking the whole city. You just need to get the plan of God, the uh, uh, <clears throat> idea and vision of what God is showing you to go out there and turn this city around for the glory of God. Pastor Burt was telling us how many people are moving into Texas every single day. You've got a whole new harvest field out there. You've got to get going. Listen, 
Jesus only had 12, but you got 250, so you need to go for it, right? I mean, this is exciting what you can do. They, uh, uh, they, they, their mandate in Bethel is, of course, they have a church, and of course they worship, and they have regular church services and home groups and all kinds of things like that, but their mandate is outreach, is reaching out to the people. You know, I found that uh, since I've been doing these Arise Women's Conferences, and seven years ago I started reaching out to women in domestic violence shelters, clean and sober living, people that really were hurting, People that are on the wayside and they had no hope. It is amazing how thankful and how grateful they are and how blessed they are to be put up in a hotel for two nights and, you know, we just bless them with makeup and clothes and goodies and everything we can and mainly to get them into the Word of God. And once they get into the Word of God and they get into the joy of that and they get filled with the Spirit and they start turning around, they go out into the community and they affect people that they've been around. People see that and say, how could they change? You know, uh, Jesus would uh, use Lazarus. He was stinking there for three days. How could he change? But when God will use something so remarkable because it's like some people are asleep in the United States of America. It's like they're under the blinders and nothing is, you know, nothing is phasing them. Everything is just so dramatic and a lot of these shootings and all this kind of thing. But we need the glory of God to invade our cities, to invade our places of work, to invade the love of God just to come upon them. And you know, when you feel the love of God, the compassion of God towards somebody, that's what you, you need to pray for them. You need to give them a word. You need to give them something that they'll receive. Not religiously and people say, oh, you're religious. I'm saying, nope, no, no religion here. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, I've got a relationship with the Most High God, amen? I've got a relationship. Sometimes we get so mentally set on something, we think it's got to be this way, and God's saying, woohoo, no, I've got something different. <laughs> ah, the Lord drops the word in you, and it resonates clearly with what is going on in your life. It glides right into your heart if you will allow it to. So, uh, what is a smart bomb? A smart bomb is a precision-guided missile with a GPS system on it. A dumb bomb does not have a GPS system, and it may take many dumb bombs to take out a position. But a smart bomb knows exactly where it's going. The Word of God knows exactly where it's going for you. It knows it's going into your heart. It knows it wants to guide you. It wants to change your attitudes. It wants to change your desires. And the only way that it can do that is by guiding you with its missile. Uh, technological, the Holy Spirit directing your eyes to that verse he wants to lead you to and totally change your life and your heart about certain issues. Now, uh, when I was three years old, I was diagnosed with a crossed eye. I had a weak eye muscle, and so I had a crossed eye. But a lot of people would look at me as a little girl, and they'd say, oh, she must be paraplegic, or she must be, you know, something strange. People think when you have a crossed eye, something's off. No, it's just a weak eye muscle, but it was not a great thing. So I had three eye operations, and finally it was healed uh, on the third one when I was 15. But when I was 37, and we were traveling the country with two little girls in a fifth wheel, it came back on me. And I was laying hands on people, and I looked like I was sick. It, <laughs> it was not good. So we ended up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
And um, one day we were in a meeting, and this Jewish evangelist, born-again Jewish evangelist, came to me and said, I, I said, Ira, I need a scripture. I need something to stand on. I cannot go around the rest of my life with this crossed eye. I don't have any money to have surgery, and I don't want it done by surgery anyway. I want it done by the living word of God. Girls, there's a, a word that's alive for you that's quick. It's powerful. He, he's got energy in it. You just got to seek and you'll find. Amen? It'll stand out to you, like I say, eat at Joe's, like neon signs at Las Vegas. It's going to stick out at you. You're going to see it. It's going to be so obvious and evident. So he said, Mary, you've got to have this scripture. It's Proverbs 20:12 in the King James Version. said, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, the God has made even... And I needed even eyes, right? The God has made even both of them. And I'm like, wow, I would have an even eye just by the word of God. So I started confessing the scripture. I started praying it, started speaking it out, I started talking to it. And, and uh, you know, uh, 12 months went by and the eye was still turned in. And I had to have uh, faith, I had to have patience with my faith. I had to put patience to it. It's not going to be an overnight word. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. Yeah. But this one was a, by faith and patience you inherit the promises. And I was getting a lot of faith and a lot of patience. And I was waiting to inherit. So we were in a meeting one day with Norval Hayes. Remember Norval Hayes in, uh, in, in Palm Springs? And he was so cute and so sweet. Went on and on about the Holy Spirit. It was amazing. You could just sit there for hours and listen. And I met him in the stairwell coming up, and I said, Brother Norval, I have been confessing this scripture, Proverbs 20, 12, the hearing ear, the seeing eye, God has made even both of them for a year now, and nothing has happened. And he just giggled, and he said, Keep it up, Mary, you're doing good. I'm like, no, no, no manifestation. There's no manifestation. So anyway, we end up going to uh, Monterey, Mexico to do a crusade and uh, with three, our three children, uh, Angela, Katie, and David, all two, four, and six at the time. And it was a big deal, and a big crusade, it was fun. And uh, we, the first night, the Lord gave us a word that the woman was a man with a withered hand. And a woman came up screaming, said, my hand just came out, my hand, I had a withered hand, it just came out just like that. I mean, she said it in Spanish, but she came up and said it, and everybody else understood what we did. But I could see that her hand was moving, so that was an indication that the word had worked. And it just took off after that. We had a great meeting and all kinds of healings, all kinds of miracles. Two doctors, ophthalmologists, and opticians came to us at the end and said, we want to give you glasses and contact lenses. Now, this was in 1992, and I'm not excited about putting a piece of plastic in my eyes. Although my husband's being very adventurous, he says... Uh, Mary, just, just do it. This is fine. You won't have to wear glasses anymore. This is great. I'm going, no. But anyway, he talked me into it. And as I put these contacts in my eyes, by the time I had come back to Scottsdale, Arizona, where we were the staff evangelists of a church at that time, my eye had gone completely straight. Who would know, except the Holy Spirit, that a contact lens would turn a crossed eye into a straight eye? But it wasn't the it wasn't the cross. It wasn't that 
uh, contact lens. It was the, the Proverbs 2012. It was the hearing ear, the seeing eye. God has made even both of them. You apply that word and the word works for you. Amen? But you got to take it and comply it with patience for the promise. Amen? Through patience and faith, we inherit that promise. So nothing happens until you start praying for your friends, just like Job did in chapter 42 when he prayed his, for his friends. He got double what he had before. He got double family, double wealth, double everything. But he had to take his mind off himself. And sometimes we got to take our mind off ourselves, amen? Find somebody who's worse shaped than we are. Find somebody like these uh, diamond girls or all these people out here in these rehab homes and turn it into a rehab home, amen, that preaches the word of God. Sometimes you just have to have the breath of the Holy Spirit woof, behind you just to yeah, sweep you off your feet, right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the word was framed by the word of God. A frame magnifies. It makes it stand out. When you put a frame around your picture, it's because you really love that picture. I have a picture of my son's wedding to Cammy, the nurse, and uh, I've got the big frame around it, and they just all look so beautiful. But when you put the frame around it, it just zeroes in. You can see it so much more clearly. And that's what God is doing with that word. He's putting a... Uh, frame around that word which speaks to you personally. He's directing your mind, your will, and emotions to focus on it. God is speaking to you through his word if you will only act on it. It's not over here and you're over here. No, it's together. It's flowing. It's moving. Think about it. Remember, I was talking to Pastor Bert and Becky yesterday about Annette Capp's uh, old book, Quantum Faith, and how, you know, there's electrons and neutrons, um, and protons, but actually the smallest particle in the universe is a quark. And it, what is a quark? A quark is a sound wave. It's a sound wave for all you mag musicians. And when you sing that word, you see it gets in. It's like a, a music will get in sometimes while the word of God will not. Because it's just, it, you, it vibrates with you. You're vibrating, you're flowing with that word because it's getting into you. It's not hard edge, it's just flowing into you. So start singing, start uh, thinking. When you get a scripture, you get a word, start meditating that word. Start rolling it over, start singing a new song like it talks about in Psalms. All through Psalms is telling us to sing a new song. Well, get that new song, get that new word, get that verse, start to roll that over and over in your mind. I just got my um, daughter's uh, uh, fiance's mother saved, uh, and she lives in England, and we got her into a church, and she is an amazing lady, and she's just so excited about the Word of God. She's joined home groups. I mean, she's only been doing this about three months, but she's on it. And she uh, memorizes whole verses. She makes up poems, and, you know, these British people, they're very detailed. And... Uh, <laughs> But she says, Mary, if you will repeat something six times over and over, it'll start dropping into you. It'll start becoming part of you. You'll start to memorize it. It'll start to become real to you. And, you know, this, this is something that's so good for you, even in, uh, as some of us, you know, we're not getting older, we're getting seasoned. But as we're getting seasoned and we want to renew our mind, it's really good, like crossword puzzles and things like that. Well, hey, you can do crossword puzzles. Do crossword Bible puzzles. Do, 
do, do the word of God puzzles. Take something that's a lightning, uh, illuminating to you, something that makes it worth your while. We don't have to fall into do, dementia and Alzheimer's and all this stuff. We've got the word of God illuminating our minds and lighting up our neurons and our pathways. Come on. We don't have to succumb to what the problems of the world is. Uh, we've got the great uh, Jehovah Rapha God in us. Amen? He's the Lord that heals us. And he wants to heal us with that word. Marilyn Hickey, who I've uh, just got in touch with recently, is 88 years old. And she, my pastor, Jude Fouquet, our pastor, my husband and I's pastor, we go to church in Ventura, California. We live 25 miles away from home uh, because we believe a church alive is worth the drive, right? I don't care uh, where the church is. When it's alive, I'm going to get down to that church. They're going to see me at that door. And we sit down there, and uh, he's a great teacher, a great preacher, but he is her um, executive, her will, because he used to be her youth pastor. So she's always challenging him at 88 years old to memorize the book of Proverbs or memorize part, uh, chapters in John. And he's going, oh, okay, Marilyn. Ha! He's 60. She's 88. Sheesh! Come on, let's get with it. That was awesome. She just inspires me. She's on fire. I said, you said that she was on Kenneth Copeland last week. I'm sure you can still pick it up, talking about her autobiography and all the supernatural events that have happened in her life. Listen, it is not over till it's over. I have a friend that I pray with all the time. She's from Lubbock, Texas, and her mama is, uh, lives near there. She's 96 years old, and she still teaches Bible school in her church. Amen? She doesn't give up. She's just got, she lights up. You can see in the pictures, she's just like a, a lamp, a street lamp. She just lights up like a post. She's got that word of God just bubbling out of her. Amen? We could go in these last days and we get the word of God so full of the word. We're like dynamos and nothing can uh, distract us. So the word was framed by the word of God and a frame outlines a picture, makes it more prominent. God is framing that word for you in the word, which deals with you personally. He's directing your mind, your will, and your emotions to focus on it. He's speaking to you through his word if you will only act on it. Your miracle is waiting for you if you will do something about the word he shows you. I used to be a radio news director in Las Vegas, and uh, I was at a country and western station, K-Ram, and all they wanted to do was play that uh, 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 loud and... Uh, uh, you know, uh, Western music, which uh, I lost my dog, my wife, and my house, and everything else has gone down the drain. <laughs> not really uplifting, right? And they did not like me because I was an on-fire Christian. I got anybody saved, my disc jockey, my friends, born again that was in a, you know, three-mile range. And um, they really didn't like me because of that. So I would witness to them, and they'd come in, they'd try to throw me off kilter at the top of every hour when I gave the broadcast, your voice has to be strong and steady, or you're ready for that pink slip, right? And uh, they would do anything they could to make me upset or emotionally, you know, discharge me. And finally, I called my friend, who was this <clears throat> pastor at this church by now, the ex-showgirl, and she said, Mary, what you need to do is you need to take a little dagger, a little Bible with you in your purse, and every time somebody tries to upset you like that, you need to open it up and see what God's, read it until God speaks to you and calms you down and gives you the peace of God that passes all understanding, that floods your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, amen? He wants to flood your heart and mind with that. So there I was, radio news director, they were trying to 
put me off kilter at 10 minutes every hour. I'd open that Bible, I'd read along, and wow, the scripture would jump out at me, and I'd be, <laughs> it'd bring peace to my heart. And then after a while, after they kept, you know, trying to jab me and, and torment me and throw me off, uh, I just remember that scripture in Psalms 2 too. The Lord sits in the heavens and laughs in derision at his enemies. We can't be on the defense. We've got to be on the offense with the word of God, with laughter, with joy. Rise above it. I mean, when the eagles get high in the sky, the crows drop off their feet. Amen? Because they cannot handle the altitude. When you get high enough into that altitude, the crows no longer will bite at your feet. So just get higher. When he tries to take you lower, start laughing, start rejoicing, start getting into that word, start opening that little Bible and see what God is trying to show you, amen? There's a miracle <coughs> for you if you will do something about the word that he shows you. Like I said, nowadays we can't afford to be on the defense because the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But you've got to stand up in the midst of it. Stand up for your friends. Be the light in a dark place. Amen? Encourage people who are trying to go astray because they're looking to you. They're looking to see if you're going to stand strong. Um, and as you stand strong, you will not be thrown off emotionally. You get the word of God in you. You get those... Uh, uh, scriptures into you it'll change everything around you amen it'll change everything around you when you get tough on your feelings and make a determination that you're not going to get emotional you're not going to burst into tears at every cutting remark from somebody amen those are just you know bless their hearts they're just being used by the enemy they don't know what they're saying and watch what you're saying you just you know you know these things want to come up in you and, and you're you're thinking that is not right that is a total injustice how did how dare she do that or how dare he say that just don't let that you know roll around in you get back into the words get back into praise turn on that music start flowing with it be the quark that god has designed you to be be the sound wave god's wanting you to be amen speak it out talk it out get tough on the devil he's going to flee amen plead the blood of jesus i remember we were driving down the uh highway 101 and we've been visiting our friends in central california and my son was in the back seat he's about six years old laying asleep on the back seat we were in this old bmw and thank god for old bmws made out of heavy steel right ha! and this fifth wheel came alongside of us and as we were driving we saw a wheel of the fifth wheel because it had double wheels come off the bolts and just go straight towards our windshield. I mean, there was no way. That thing was coming straight at us. And I just screamed, Jesus, with all of my heart and all of my might. I just <clears throat> took the word of God and screamed his name. And you know, his name is that name above every name. His name is full of power, amen? It's his name. And he just must have assigned all the angels because that tire that was coming at us horizontally dropped down about eight inches, went under the engine, lifted the car up and over onto the medium of the freeway and laid us there. And we're just, <laughs> just in awe of the glory of God. So thankful and so grateful with my six-year-old son still asleep in the back seat. <laughs> Nothing bothers them, right? Ha! <laughs> 
But thank God for the name of Jesus. You know, you think about talking back to the devil. It worked for Jesus on the Mount of Temptation, right? In Matthew 4, 4, the devil dared Jesus to command these stones to be made into loaves of bread. But that didn't phase him, and it shouldn't phase you when the enemy tries to dare you into something. He said, it has been written. It has been written. What does the word of God say to you? What has been written in your word? What's jumping out to you? What's talking to you? Amen? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the word of God. Every word that comes forth from his word. So we're going to talk back to the enemy. We're going to get on the offense with the word of God. God's going to give you a personal word, amen? You get into that scripture. You get into that. Take that dagger to work. Take that little Bible with you. And uh, something tries to uh, upset you or somebody comes against you, you just, you know, open that word. You start reading. You say, okay, God, speak to me. He's going to talk to you right there. And you're just going to start laughing at the enemy or plead the blood around the gates like John Osteen did or just take authority over the devil. But you're going to have something personal that he speaks to you, personal in the Word of God. And if you want to know more about that, I do have my book out there, not very, not very many of them, a few copies of the Smart Bombs. God's talking to me about getting it uh, bigger and, and, and rewriting it now. but Because uh, it's something about, you know, they've tried to take the Word out of uh, everything, and everybody's hard to find a Christian bookstore. You can go into... The internet and get a lot of things there, but um, and thank God for Amazon. I don't even think Jeff Bezos knows what he's doing, <laughs> but he's spreading it worldwide, right? So get into that word and uh, get more of it. And you, you think about the underground Chinese church, and they say in the last days, they say by 2030, the underground Chinese church I think is going to have something like 30 million Christians in the nation of China, which is a atheistic nation for sure you could I went there about five years ago and I go to Taiwan and minister I go to Singapore I love it the people are on fire for God they're passionate they're excited but boy you go into China and they look at you as an American they you could just see the hate coming out of their eyes they are not you know they're totally against you it's just of course the underground church is a whole different story because they're led by the Holy Spirit they're led by the Word of God like as what we can all be led by right but um, I didn't see too many of those because I was on a uh, mission with my daughter. But um, it, was, it was so amazing uh, that there's going to be 30 million Christians in China, they estimate, by the end of 2030, and it's going to be the largest Christian nation on earth, even in a place that uh, is run by a communist ruler. And uh, one of the uh, Chinese pastors there in Taiwan said that uh, President Xi's daughter is actually an underground Christian. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah! God will put a little us unusual places.